Oh, hi there. Ollie Anderson here. You're listening to Creative Status. This is a podcast about using your creativity to improve your life. Various other things that are related to that, because who would have known when you explore the creative process, you actually explore the human condition. And when you explore the human condition, well, you just end up exploring all kinds of things about the way we perceive things, how life works, how we relate to everything, how uh, spirituality or whatever you want to call it affects our lives. And um, if you're into that kind of thing and it's the first time you've heard this podcast, then you should probably keep listening. It's up to you, though. I mean, it's, it's your life, so I don't want to tell you what to do. But anyway, if you don't know, I'm a creative performance coach. I'm an author. That means that I write books. That's what authors do, so you probably knew that part. The creative performance thing just means that I help creative people um, to try and improve their lives or to dive through their creative blocks and to do more with their creative work, reach more people, reach more of themselves, express more of themselves, get better results. That's what performance means after all. Um, this is the first episode of this podcast of 2023. Um, it's literally coming out on the second day, which is the first Monday. This comes out every Monday, if you didn't know that. Um, Happy New Year. Um, thank you for joining me at the start of the year. That's kind of cool. Um, for me, my year is going to involve more of these podcasts. Um, I'm probably going to start doing more solo episodes over the next coming weeks. Um, I really like this interview thing that I'm doing, but it's also given me lots of uh, food for thought, talking to all these amazing people about creativity. And so I want to spend some time releasing episodes which are just me talking about this kind of thing, uh, mainly because I love the sound of my own voice, but also it's going to allow me to share some ideas that I've had, which I know are going to help you, which I haven't really had a chance to uh, talk about on my YouTube channel because it's not necessarily relevant or um, that haven't come up in the interviews themselves. So watch out for that. I'm also going to be doing way more community stuff this year. Um, that's one of my resolutions. Maybe you don't believe in resolutions. I suppose I don't either, to be honest. Um, I li- I'm one of those edgy people where I resist the resolution in general. But when I do think about it, yeah, I want to build more community this year. Uh, what that basically means is I'm going to be doing more group stuff. <clears throat> For the past uh, however many years, I've just really been focused on the one-on-one stuff. I love coaching people one-on-one, but actually I am actually, actually I am actually, what a what a way of phrasing that. But anyway, actually I am actually uh, realizing the value of group stuff. Obviously, if you know me, I used to do like some pretty heavy group stuff back in the day. Um with my dialogue circles and that kind of thing. But group coaching and community is something that is actually really, really effective and really, really empowering because by sharing things with a massive group of people and having them support you on your journey, it just gives you so much motivation and it can pump you up quite dramatically. Um, Recently in my own life, I've been doing like a little kind of uh, WhatsApp group with some people that I know um, who wanted to just upgrade their ability to do push-ups we're trying to get those guys to all be able to do 40 push-ups some of them they're like halfway there already Uh, a few others like they can only do like a few push-ups but anyway it's shown me that a really really simple goal is actually all that you need 
um, to build a community around. Like I have a tendency to overcomplicate these things, if I'm being totally honest. Like I'll think about the goal of being real and kind of tapping into like your true purpose and blah, 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 blah. But actually just something simple like doing 40 push-ups can be a, a major thing for people that brings up a lot of the qualities that will make you more real anyway, i.e. make you more authentic, allow you to work with reality better, to push through your edge, to find your limits and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, I'm rambling, but I'm going to do way more stuff like that um, purely because it's just really interesting to me to see people make progress in their lives. I'm also going to be doing more workshops. I'm doing a workshop, a free workshop uh, every other week. One of the workshops is going to focus on the life coaching stuff that I do just because I love doing that stuff. I love talking about being real and helping people to figure out their self-limiting beliefs and to stop holding back and blah, blah, blah. That's probably obvious if you've listened to this uh, podcast anyway or seen my other stuff. So anyway, I love doing that. So I'm going to do a free workshop about that every other week. Uh, the first one's coming up in a few weeks, um, which is going to be about death. Actually, is the first one is the week of the release of this podcast. But anyway, it's going to be about death. Probably uh, I will do the death workshop loads of times. But I've got another idea for uh, a workshop around this idea of something I talk about all the time, which is Give Me Something Real or GTFO. So watch out for that. And then I'm going to do another workshop every other week, which is about the truth bomb thing. If you don't know what that is, truth bomb is just a service design, I suppose, or a project that uses service design and other methodologies to help uh, coaches, consultants, creatives, and small business owners to upgrade themselves and their brand. It walks you through a four-step process, substance style, community, and communication. Uh, the workshops are just going to focus on taking you through the substance part of things. You get a lot of value out of that. So watch all my social media or website or I don't know, wherever you stay in touch with me if you do, uh, to learn about that if it's your thing. So that's my little update about me and some of my plans for this year. Um, this podcast is going to focus around a, an interview with a consultant who helps people to figure out their life purpose. Uh, his name is Paul Davis, and... He has some really amazing um, insights about life purpose as a whole. Um, there's so much stuff out there on the internet, and there almost seems to be a standard way of figuring out your life purpose, which is where you, you, you go online and you download the Ikigai thing or whatever other tools are out there, and then you figure out who you are, what you're all about, and then that's it. You, you have no more problems in life. Paul's approach is kind of a response to that. And I agree with it, the way that he does things. I like the way he does things. It's very much about stepping out of that kind of superficial way of doing things and using the higher side of yourself and your intuition and all that kind of stuff to tap into the way that life really is and to kind of declutter or decondition and get all of the noise out of the way that is stopping you from seeing what's already there. A lot of those tools like the Ikigai thing and whatever else is out there like that people do they're about adding things but actually the way that you really find your life purpose is by subtracting all of the stuff you've picked up uh along the way to getting wherever you happen to be now where you think that you need a life purpose actually life purpose isn't something that you think your way into it's something that's already there that's what I think as well. And when you strip away all of the bullshit that you might have picked up or all of the bullshit that's going on inside of you because of your shame, guilt, and trauma that's causing you to uh, live as a false version of yourself, aka the ego, if you can get rid of all that stuff, then your life purpose becomes clear because actually you're aligned with yourself 
and it's already there. And um, that might sound like nonsense to some of you, but I would recommend listening to this interview because it's 2023, baby. And uh, that means that, you know, you should probably, if you haven't, start finding a sense of purpose because actually purpose is what it all comes back to. You either have a purpose and you feel good because you're moving and you're flowing and you're grounded and you're transcending the world and duality and all of these things that hold us back. Or you're stuck and you're stagnated and you're lost in the ego and life doesn't feel so good. So this interview, Paul Davis, check him out. Really good stuff. This is the longest introduction to this podcast ever. So hopefully you got through it and I didn't bore you. But anyway, enjoy the interview and uh, I'll see you next Monday for another episode of Creative Status. And uh, in the meantime, keep on smashing it, live with purpose and go out there and uh, crush it in a creative, real way. Um, thank you so much. Here we go. Boom. Oh, hi there, Paul. Thank you for joining me today on uh, Creative Status. I'm really excited to be talking to you. Um, you share a lot of amazing things online about helping people find their life purpose and tune into what you call their inner genius. Um, hopefully, I'm assuming this conversation is going to cover a lot of that stuff. But before we get into it, uh, would you like to just introduce yourself and tell people what you're all about, how you ended up doing what you're doing and anything else that you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. And um, great to be here, Ali. Thanks for um, having this conversation together. Um, I suppose, uh, where, where will I start? What I do is I work with a lot of individuals, business owners, celebrities, executives from all around the world. And I specifically help them with gaining the clarity and certainty around what their life purpose is. And a lot of people talk about life purpose and they, um, and this perhaps might be something that we might go into, but they, they talk about life purpose in terms of how you find it and the different methodologies and all that kind of things. But every single one of those just tends not to work. And perhaps how I've gotten to the point of where I am right now at the moment, um, it might be worth maybe going back a little bit. So w when I was growing up, I was born with a special set of gifts. Um, and with those special set of gifts, it allowed me to um, have insights, knowings and visions around individuals. So what typically we refer to as being I, I'm highly intuitive and I'm also an empath. So what that means is that I able to connect with people on a very, very deep level and I get to know, um, as I say, you know, insights and visions and, and information in relation to the individual. But as I was growing up as a kid, I, I didn't really know what all the information that I was getting really meant, to be honest with you. So it took quite a while for me to, to decipher what, um, what the information was for. And, but as I developed my career, I trained as, as a management accountant uh, and my career was in building in businesses, helping them to grow and to scale. Um, but what I found I was doing, I was using, apart from my accountancy and my business consultancy skills that I developed, but I was also using my intuitive side and the insights and the knowings that I was getting for the business owners to put them on the right path, to put them on the right track in relation to achieving the level of success that they would achieve. So in my business career, my business consultancy, I've a 100% success rate in turning every single company around that I've worked with. Um, and the levels of success that, that business owners have achieved from financial perspective has been in the millions um, of, of euros is, is, the, is the, the currency I, I typically refer to. Um, but as the years went on, um, 
I got more in tune with what exactly the information I was getting for and what what the purpose of it is and how it helps people and how it supports people. And what I discovered was literally what I was finding for people was what their life purpose is. Um, and I know that's that's a tall order for a lot of people to, to understand. Um, and I kept a lot of it hidden, to be quite frank, because, again, walking into a business and talking business owner and telling them that, you know, you, you get these insights and knowings and information in relation to, to them and their future and all that kind of things is not something you'd typically expect from from an accountant or a business consultant. So I, I kept a lot of it hidden. And, and those clients that I did share where I was getting information from, you know, invariably they, they might turn around and say, well, Paul, you're, you're, you're just making it up. But lo and behold, maybe three months or six months or nine months down the road, they would come back to me and say, oh my God, you know, what, what you told me X number of months ago has actually materialized. Um, and it's uncanny in terms of the, the, the accuracy and the level of information that I, that I was giving them. Um, so what I, I know at that time, I, I was also on my own personal quest in terms of, you know, I, I had all this information for other people. I could connect with them on a very, very deeper level. Um, people, clients would turn, turn around to me and say, Paul, I, I've never told you, I, I've, I've never told anybody in my whole life what I've just told you. And uh, would be a common phrase that they would come out with. And I so desperately wanted somebody to come along to me and tell me pretty much what I was able to tell my clients, meaning, you know, what, what direction should I go in? What's my purpose of life? What's, what should I be doing? Um, and that's never happened. Hence the reason why I know I've tried everything else in terms of, you know, Ikigai or, and these are some of the things that we, we can explore, um, to try and find my own life purpose. And I've, I've researched so many things and so on, and I never gave it. Um, so what I developed or had to find out for myself, but also for my clients was how, how can I find the evidence in a person's life that gives them the, the uh, what I call the evidence, but it gives them all the information that they need to know what their life purpose is. So therefore they could never turn around to me again and say, well, Paul, you're making it up. And in that same process, I was also doing my own search and sense for me to try and figure out what my life purpose is. Um, and to cut a long story short, roll forward all those many years. Um, I've got so many hundreds of clients that I've worked with over the years in all different countries, all different people from all different walks of life. Um, I'm so, so, so privileged to be able to do the work that I do. Um, and now what I've done is I've, I've developed a methodology which literally will bring an individual through that process to discover all the different elements of what their life purpose is, because there's four elements from my perspective. Um, and when they get that information, now they know exactly what they need to do. They have the absolute clarity and certainty that they're looking for. And now it's a case to pursue that path. And from my perspective, it's about them fulfilling their life purpose because the intention behind a life purpose and the impact that an individual is here to make is huge. I call it the ripple effect. And so if you can imagine that I impact one individual in terms of putting them on the right track. But the number of people that they are also to impact by them being on their right track and the difference they're here to make is huge. So that ripple effect goes literally transmutes right around the globe. And so it's, it's literally, I, I'm on a mission to reach as many people as I possibly can before I expire this lifetime. Wow. So many things that you've said there that I just, 
obviously really interesting and that we could probably analyze just for the rest of the conversation. I think two things that I'd like to follow up on in what you've just said. The first thing, obviously, is the, the intuition thing. So it sounds like, for whatever reason, your intuitive skills and gifts were very refined from an early age. Um, do you think everybody has those gifts, but they're just not aware of it? Or is it something that just some people are fortunate enough to have and others kind of don't have it? Or is, is it something that we could all develop, like a muscle? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question, Ali. Um, I used to think that um, I, I always knew growing up I was different, always. And the reason being is because, you know, my, my parents were both from the country in Ireland and there's a lot of folklore in Ireland. And I happened to be born the seventh son of a seventh of a seventh. And that carries a huge amount of folklore. And uh, uh, really a, a person that's born the seventh son of a seventh is typically gifted with, with a healing. And so as a kid, what I was doing was I was doing hands-on healing for, for people that would come to the house. Um, and they could be coming with rheumatism, arthritis, um, cancer, you name it, a whole series of all different ailments. And, and, and they walk away with, be, with being healed. So I always knew I was different from a very, very young age. Um, but I had to navigate my own path in relation to understanding the different gifts that I was born with. Now, was that because I was born the seventh son of a seventh of a seventh? I really don't know. I Honestly, I seriously really don't know. Um, but in answer to your question, can somebody develop intuitive? We are all intuitive. Every single individual is intuitive. But however, what we tend to do is we allow our conscious mind to take over and now we start to rationalize everything. And as soon as we allow our conscious mind to take over, now we're, we're breaking that bridge with the intuitive side of ourselves. And can somebody develop to become more and more intuitive? Absolutely. It's, it's what I do within, within my community. Um, and I, I, I guide people through developing their own intuition. Um, and what I call it in terms of it's, it's allowing people to get more inspired insights um, and it's from those inspired insights or inspired thoughts. Now you take inspired action and it's that inspired action that allows you to get to where you want to get to much quicker, easier and faster. Yeah. Like that, that aligns with the way that I see things as well. So ultimately I see life as being a journey of being born whole and connected to life itself. And then as we grow up, we tend to become fragmented because we get conditioned to believe that we're separate uh, from other people and that there are certain parts of ourselves that we can't um, have ownership over, which just causes us to be disconnected even more. And if we're lucky, we can put ourselves back on the path to unlearning all of those things that have caused us to be fragmented so we can reconnect to the whole. And I think... The more aligned we are with wholeness and connection to life itself, the more likely we are to have some of these kind of intuitive experiences that you're talking about. Because if we're connected to the whole, then, you know, I'm assuming, you know, I, I don't have uh, omniscience about how, how everything works, but I'm assuming a lot of this information that comes to us in these intuitive experiences is coming from the whole, whatever that means in the context of, you know, our individual lives. So do you agree with that, that a lot of um, the, the journey towards 
becoming more intuitive in the sense is actually about unlearning a lot of the unconditioning we've picked up that's made us think we're something other than what we are. Absolutely. Um, would I say it's unlearning? Yeah, to an extent. Um, okay, so let me. Okay, let me, let me unpack that a little bit, because okay, so we, we all have an overarching purpose in life. Every single individual shares this overarching purpose, and that's to be our genius self, to live life fully, to experience, to love, and to evolve. Now, as we're going through our life. The circumstances we show up in our life in order for us to, to have that, meaning to be able to live life fully, to be able to experience, to be able to find and understand love. And I'm not talking about infatuation, I'm talking about love. And then also to, to evolve as a soul as, as we go through this lifetime. Now, you can have somebody that will do particular practices, let's just call it spiritual practices because they want to connect with a oneness. And they will do either meditation or different yoga or whatever it might be, whatever the practices are in terms of having that connectedness, as you describe, Ali, in terms of to, to, to the whole. Um, but here's the other side that I just want to add on a little bit. Um, if you can visualize a, a pendulum and imagine that, a bit like a pendulum that you'd see in a grand four o'clock, and that pendulum, when it's in equilibrium, it's vertical. But as soon as that pendulum starts to swing, it goes from one side to the other side. And the arc that's created on one side has to be created on the other side. That's how physics works. And that's the pendulum swing. Now, when somebody is out of equilibrium, that means they're out of love, meaning that oneness of love, that pure, complete, unconditional love. When you are in equilibrium, that means now you are much more open to a, for one better word, a channel of inspired thoughts and intuition. What happens for a lot of people is they will do spiritual practice and in those moments, they will be connected and they will be, for one better word, in equilibrium. But then they go throughout their whole life and spend and doing different things and different actions. And as soon as they move into fear or anxiety or worry or stress or hate or pride, or whatever feeling that you want to describe that's both perceived being positive or negative is actually moving that individual outside of equilibrium. They're now not in an equilibrium state. So that, that's where if, if, you, if you want to develop your intuition side of things, that's where it's, it's one thing doing the practice to develop the intuition in order to be more attuned to it, mm. but it's also mm. really what it's about is actually coming into equilibrium. Yeah, wow. So that's something that I've seen in my own life and in the lives of people I've worked with. People, nearly everybody on the planet has had moments where they have felt completely connected to, to everything and they do allow that sense of wholeness to kind of come into them and to, to maybe change their perception a little bit. Abraham Maslow called them peak experiences. So for me, it's, you know, I, might have, I remember climbing Mount Fuji when I was younger, running down it, and I just felt completely alive and completely connected. Or when I do yoga sessions, sometimes I'll feel really high on life. Mm -hmm. But like you've said, those experiences can just be isolated little moments within the context of our lives as a whole. And if we don't understand what you said about equilibrium or alignment in general, then we can just go back to our lives. And that's just something that happens. It's not something that we're actually injecting in our day-to-day 
way of being and way of living. So is it possible then to say that the, the life purpose model that you're talking about or life purpose in general is actually just a way, if we design it properly, of allowing us to stay in a state of equilibrium from one day to the next. Um, does that make sense? It, it does, and I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> so, and here's the reason being, is that, um, first of all, we, we, we've got to live in a real life. Yep. And it's, it's funny because I actually recorded a podcast episode about this, um, just I think it was released this week. And everybody goes through and they have their morning routines. And that could be, you know, it could be journaling, it could be meditation, it could be going for a walk, it could be reading, it could be a whole series of different things. And they're in that, for one better word, Zen moment for, for that period of time. But then the rest of their day is actually in conflict with that Zen moment. So if I go back to the overarching purpose in life, our overarching purpose in life is to be our genius self, to live life fully, to experience, to love and to evolve. In order for us to experience and to live life fully and to love and to evolve, we have to meet challenges. It's the only way we can grow. You have to have contrast. Without contrast, you can't experience anything. So what, what do I mean by that? Well, you, you can't understand heat without first understanding cold. So you, you've got to have contrast in your life. You can't understand and know unconditional love unless you've actually experienced its opposite. And you can take anything in life, which is what's going on in every single day, right around the world, the whole time, and actually see what is not unconditional love. So whatever is not unconditional love is what we are here to learn as well. So can we come to a point of equilibrium? We absolutely can. And we can go through life an awful lot more effortless. It's down to how we perceive and how we engage with life. So it's not necessarily being in a, I'm not saying you, you, it's not about not being in the same moment. It absolutely can be, but it's, it's actually going through life and seeing it from a completely different perspective and seeing the both sides of life. Because again, if I bring it back to the genius pendulum, the genius pendulum is there's always both sides. One of the universal laws is the universal law of duality. There's always both sides. You cannot have a one-sided life. And the problem with popular psychology is that they try and force people to have a one-sided life. But that's, <laughs> that, that's futile. That doesn't exist. There's always both sides, but it's our perception of seeing both sides. And therefore, when you can see both sides, now you're bringing every single moment into mm. equilibrium. And mm. now you're bringing it to a point of love. Mm. The, the way that I see that is that as the pendulum swings, as we move forward in life, it is going from, you know, two sides of the same coin. So from lightness to darkness or from good to evil or whatever it is that we experience. But actually that pendulum is ultimately about keeping us in the illusion, if you want to call it that, of duality itself. And of course, we experience life on the plane of duality so that we can grow through it, like you said, without challenges, without... Um, having to face our dark parts or the dark side of the world and turn it into light because of our own intentions as on and so forth. Without all that stuff, we actually can't grow. But I would say that in those Zen moments, in those peak experiences, what actually happens is we, 
we do unify everything in in a sense but actually what we do is we transcend the pendulum swing completely we transcend the illusion of duality because we get into reality itself because we're getting into that level of wholeness and wholeness is real and because it's whole it's actually beyond duality completely and so in those moments we see who we really are we see what life really is that can kind of inspire us i guess because that um allows us to perceive things clearly but then like you've said because we are in the world i suppose we have to go back into the the realm of duality or whatever you want to call it and get back into that process of growing through the challenges and letting certain um ideals or expectations or whatever it is that we've attached to in that dualistic world to kind of be reconfigured and remodified through the actions that we take but the ultimate result i would say is always so we can spend more time in that state of equilibrium than not um which you could call the the creative flow state or something like that but but you can actually you're you're absolutely right mm. but it's actually coming from the point of view of you can still go through a dualistic life but maintain more of your life being in equilibrium so therefore what actually happens is those swings the arc that i i i referred to earlier on those swings don't become as volatile and therefore now you're more for what about yet let's use another term you're more centered is what people would describe it as but you're actually in equilibrium and therefore those swings aren't going as violent as where the vast majority of people actually experience every single day throughout their whole life so you 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 can actually you don't have to just um be in a meditation moment in order to be in equilibrium you can actually literally go through your life being yeah. in equilibrium it's just those swings aren't moving as violently across um to, to either to left or to right. Mm. And I think also you can say if you go through the the process of putting yourself in a mental state and emotion and an emotional state where you can live like that and understand that you are detached from the world of duality or whatever we're calling it in this conversation, if you can get to that place, then not only are the swings less volatile, but they affect you less as well because exactly. you real yeah yeah yeah. And so Earlier on, when I was trying to see if there's a link between that and purpose, it's probably easier if, if I share how I see it, and then we'll see if our perspectives are aligned. But for me, I think you can go through this process that you talked about right at the start of kind of tuning into your intuition or whatever we're going to call it, and deconditioning yourself from the world. The world ultimately is just anything you've picked up and identified with that has come from this world of duality, as we're now calling it. So if you can decondition yourself from that you can see who you really are actually um beneath all of the worldly paraphernalia and accoutrements that you've kind of latched onto as part of your identity for simplicity we can say that's our real intentions and our real values and then you can translate them and the awareness that you now have of them and the acceptance of them into some kind of path of action that i would say is is your purpose that might change or the the goals and milestones that build up that pipe purpose might change over the course of your life as you go more deeply into it and learn more about yourself but ultimately if you're coming from that real place where you've stepped outside of duality so to speak as you move towards your life purpose that you've chosen um for real reasons not because you've done some you know random 
tools or watched a YouTube video or whatever, but because you've chosen out of your own experience and awareness and intuition of who you are, as you move forward, it will allow you to, to navigate the obstacles and hurdles that reality throws at you with more equilibrium because you know that you're growing as you realize that purpose and you're becoming more real in yourself as you do move forward with it. Okay, there, there, there's a couple <laughs> of things here. A couple of things there, Ali. So let, let, let me go through each one of them. Yeah. Um, first of all, there, there there is a common belief out there that, um, you know, it, it goes along the lines of, you know, what 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 makes what what what's that phrase that um, I, I'm trying to recall it to my mind now. You know, what what's, you know, f- whatever breaks you down makes you stronger, kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, but that, that, that's actually not the case. So it's not about trying to avoid challenges or um, trying to make them smaller or ignoring them. It's, it's, it's absolutely not. It, it's actually seeing, it's seeing the perfection of the universe and how the universe works and seeing both sides of, of, of every single challenge. That, that's one. Um, let, let me, let me, because it, it, I'm, I'm glad we're discussing this because as I said, we, we, we've got an overarching purpose in life and, and everybody shares that overarching purpose in life. But within that, then we have a, a very specific and a very, very unique fingerprint specific um, life purpose. So every single individual has their own unique individual specific life purpose. And do they choose it to an extent they do because they actually choose it at a soul level. Um, so when they are born, when an individual is born, um, they literally are coming into this world with a specific life purpose. Now, throughout their whole life, they they, they, they do all the other tools in terms of, you know, whether it be Ikigai, whether it be, you know, Victor Frankl allocating the, the meaning of life, whether we find your passion or whether we find your why, all of those are, are tools to try and help people to, to discover what they will love to do, which is very, very different to what an individual's life purpose is. So an individual will actually have the exact same life purpose throughout their whole life. It never changes, never, ever, ever changes. It develops, it grows, and it evolves because that evolution is part of the overarching purpose in life. But an individual's purpose is unique to them, but it is specific to them throughout their whole life. And there's four elements that make up a life purpose, which which I, I referred to earlier on. One is you know, what I call your genius drivers. Your genius drivers is what gives you fulfillment. It's what is, now, fulfillment is very different to, hence the reason why people will find out what, what is it they'll enjoy doing, what are the passions in life. And if they turn their passion into a career or a business, well, then they'll, you know, they'll, they'll never have to work a day in their life, which, again, is, is, is futile. So passions are transient, hence the reason why people will go through this feast and famine cycle in finding something that they're passionate about, they'll build a business or a career around it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it could be a few months or it could be a couple of years and they lose the interest in it because they're doing that passion continuously throughout that period of time. And then they come back to themselves and say, well, okay, oh, I've, I've, I've lost my passion. What, what am I passionate about now? So what is my purpose? And so then they start asking those questions again. So they start seeking out what they're passionate about again. So passions are transient. There's a huge amount of things that I'm passionate about. For example, I, I'm passionate about horse riding. I'm passionate about trying every single type of flying modality. So I, I've been in, in helicopters, small aircraft. 
I've jumped out of aircraft. I've done a biplane wing walk. I've, I've done no end of experiences in relation to um, uh, fly, all different types of flight. They're all passions, but they've nothing whatsoever got to do with my life purpose. If people think of fulfillment, which is we give the same, similar to passion, the same outcome as passion, but it's actually much, much deeper on a soul level. So if you go back to, and again, Aristotle referred to this as well. So if you go, if you can imagine that you've got three buckets in front of you, your job throughout your life is to fill those buckets. That's how, that's where the origin of the term fulfillment comes from. It's where we fill ourselves up. So our genius drivers actually gives us that fulfillment. The next thing is, is, is our genius quest. Our genius quest is what we are to do. And it's very, very specific. It's, it's what we are to do in life. It's our mission in life. And when people are trying to find out, okay, what's my life purpose? What, what, am I, what am I supposed to do? What direction am I supposed to go in? Ultimately, the question that they're asking themselves is what? What am I to do? So your genius quest is literally that quest that you continue on throughout your whole life fulfilling. And then your, your, your genius inspiration. When people talk about find your why. And, you know, if you find your why, well, then that will give you a, a purpose and a meaning in life. But here's the thing. I, I love this when, when, when it comes up because I, I just I just laughed for myself when I saw it coming out. But yet it started a whole shift in the movement amongst business coaches and life coaches and this, that and the other and so on. But here's the thing about finding your why. And, and, and finding your why starts with the premises. Why do you do what you do? And what people are doing is they're trying to figure out why they're doing what they're doing using their conscious mind. Meaning they're asking themselves those questions. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And they'll start off with, well, it's to pay the bills, it's to make, make the money so they can pay the mortgage or the rent or make the food and all that kind of stuff and so on. But ultimately, they're actually using their conscious mind to trigger, fi- try and find out why it is they're doing what they're doing in order to give their life meaning or to give what they're doing meaning. But on the uh, also on top of that, what they're doing is they're trying to apply a why based on what they're currently doing. However, what they're currently doing may not be what they're supposed to be doing in the first place. So therefore, it's going to be the wrong why anyway, no matter what. What I prefer to use is inspiration, because if you go back to the origin of the word inspiration, it comes from the Latin word inspirare, which is divine guidance. And when you understand and you know and you're able to identify what is your genius inspiration, and your genius inspiration is always, 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 100% of the time, I've been doing this for so many years and so many hundreds of clients, and your genius inspiration is always connected with your genius quest, always. The two of them work hand in hand, they're symbiotic. And then there's the last piece, which is your genius role. Now, I've again, over all the years, I've identified that there's 10 different types of roles and an individual will play one of those roles throughout their whole life because of, you know, how they're, they're schooled or they go through college and they go develop a career or a business. We all wear different hats and now we're disconnected from what our core unconscious role is. And our unconscious role is something that we don't have to develop any skills and we, we just naturally do it. With every single role, there's a shadow side and a frustration point, and that's what causes self-sabotage. So when you bring all those four elements together, your genius drivers is what gives you fulfillment. Your genius quest is what you are to do. Your genius inspiration is, for one better word, why you're doing it, but more importantly, it's the inspiration to drive you to do what it is that you're to do. And then there's your genius role, which is how you are best to fulfill your, your mission. 
And all of the four elements always work together. And those four elements makes up your individual, absolutely unique individual life purpose. And that's what you, you, you pursue. So when it goes, comes back to awakening that inner genius within ourselves, your genius drivers and your pursuit of your purpose is actually awakening that inner genius. And when you talk about bringing in the equilibrium, now you're allowing yourself to be more, have more insights and knowings and intuition from the perspective of pursuing your life purpose. Because what actually happens from it, let's break it down from a scientific perspective or a medical perspective for people. There's a part of your brain which is called the executive center and your executive center is, is in the prefrontal cortex. Imagine that it's just behind your forehead. That's where the executive center part of your brain is. Its function is creativity, innovation, planning, objectivity. Its whole purpose is to get you from A to Z as quickly and as easily as possible. So what actually activates that, there's a few different things that actually activate it, but one of those things is about the pursuit of your purpose. And when you're operating in line with your genius drivers, now you're significantly, because that's where you're getting fulfillment, but that's where significantly you're activating your executive center. So if you want to allow yourself to have more creative thoughts or innovative thoughts or to, to literally get and achieve your goals and objectives in the most fastest, easiest way possible is to operate from your executive center. But over the generations, we've actually lost connection with the executive center. Now we work more from the monkey part of our brain, which is the amygdala. We work more from that side of the brain as opposed to the executive center part of the brain. I'm going to give you a very, very simple example. Over the, over the decades, we, if you go back to, to when I was growing up in school, I'm, I'm, I'm an awful lot older than you, Ollie. So when I was growing up in school, we learned how to write with a pencil and paper. And if you look forward now, that pencil moved to being a, a buyer or a fountain pen and, and, and so on. And even going through, literally, I remember starting my career and everything was handwritten. But then as, as the centuries went on, or as the different generations went on, we now move to computers, now to iPads, to smartphones. We do very little handwriting as we do right now at the moment in, in the current generation. You look at kids right now at the moment, whether it be in a restaurant or a coffee shop, they're on an iPad or their parents' phone. They're, they're, they're not literally, they're not drawing anymore. They're not, not playing or scribbling or, or painting anymore. They're actually on a smart device. Handwriting activates the executive center. That's why journaling is so, people don't understand the scientific piece of it. Journaling is so important because what you're actually doing is you're activating and connecting with your executive center. That's just a very, very simple way to understand how we've not evolved in a lot of respects over the generations, but how we've actually been disconnected from the absolute innate genius that we have within ourselves. Mm. And every single individual has that innate genius. Yeah. Like the, the genius that you're talking about is ultimately about aligning or connecting the mind and the body so they can work as one thing. And these days, it seems to me at least, the world has become a lot more symbolic in the sense that everybody is living in their heads and they live in the digital world more than in the real world. And all the side effects of all that are that people have become kind of neurotic. I think that's a shortcut to understanding a lot of the things that we're saying. So when people are neurotic, they think that they can control everything, that they can choose everything, that their ego and the way that they want to see themselves in the world because of their ego is the way that reality actually is. 
But what you're kind of saying about the whole purpose thing is actually it doesn't matter what you want, actually. It doesn't matter what you think necessarily. Your life purpose is based on who you really are in reality. And there's nothing you can do about that because it's real. What's real is always real. And that's just the way it is. And so a lot of the time when people are um, getting confused about their life purpose, it's because they're actually acting, like like you said, as a product of their conscious minds, which is actually a consequence of their conditioning. And so they just end up choosing a purpose for themselves that reinforces a, a lot of the problems they already have because it's just um, prolonging that or protracting it through time instead of allowing them to step back and to unlearn all of their conditioning and to allow the unconscious to become conscious through their purpose so they can align themselves you know, with the, the genius drivers and their mission and uh, inspiration and the, the true role that they're supposed to be playing in life. Is that a fair thing to say? It, it's a fair thing. It's a fair thing to say that an individual, as they go through their life, they get disconnected from who they truly are. So the origin of the word genius is comes from the Latin word gignore, which is the spirit that is present from one's birth. We're born with that spirit. That's where that's where the origin of the word genius comes from. But as we go through our life, and as you as you rightly say, Ali, when we're growing up, you know, pretty in school or in our families and all kinds of things, it's the personality now that becomes more the four. That's it's it, we're we're how would I say? Society and community invest so much in personality, and less in who the individual truly is. And who the individual truly is is a spiritual being. That's who they truly are. Now, people understand personality, and people misinterpret ego because they they think ego is is something bad, but actually it's not. Because again, if you go back to the origin and the understanding of ego. I, I use ego and I, I turn it into an acronym of what it really truly is. Ego for me as an acronym is expressing your genius oneness. Your genius oneness is that connection as a spiritual being in a human body with something greater than ourselves. Some people might call it universe, higher power, higher mind. For me, I always call it God, but it's, it's that connectedness that we have with that higher something much greater than ourselves, what you refer to as, as the whole or what it's, it's a more accurate terminology, even though I, I use the term God for me because that, that's, that's my personification of it. But the most accurate term really uh, to conceptually understand it is the superconscious. So it's that genius, it, it's, it's that oneness with the superconscious of what people refer to as being the universe, higher power, higher mind. When we know that and we, we're connecting with that and now we're allowing that spirit within ourselves to be expressed and fulfill the life purpose of what it is here to fulfill, now life takes on a whole completely truer meaning. Mm. The way that I use ego is um, slightly different. So for me, I just I just use ego as a kind of catch-all phrase for anything that stops us from seeing, perceiving, or interpreting reality clearly. And that includes the reality of ourselves, the reality of the world, and then the reality of reality itself, which is that, you know, it, it keeps moving and we have to move with it and the law of cause and effect and all these different things. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're saying the same thing, though, I think, which is that ultimately people are born, they're whole, they're connected. Something happens that makes them believe 
they have to become disconnected from themselves. So I usually just say that's shame, guilt, and or trauma. When they experience one of those emotions, it causes them to disown certain parts of themselves and then stick them into the, the shadow self, the shadow territory, I call it. And then they create create the ego, which is this idea that they are the version of themselves without all of those things that they've disowned. Like you said, though, I don't think the ego is good or bad. It's just something that happens to us or some idea that we pick up to help us survive the things that we've been through. The problem is, in relation to uh, life purpose, that if we are wearing this mask of ego and we don't understand that that's what we're doing because we've been wearing the mask for so long that we think we've become the mask, then the life purpose that we choose for ourselves is a reflection of that. So like we already said, it's, it's a product of the conscious mind and we, we're not using our uh, life purpose or our creative impulses to allow the unconscious stuff from the shadow to become conscious again. We're actually just you know running around on the spot, basically, in the hamster wheel of just going nowhere because the ego, the ego is always disconnected from anything real. And so I think we need to go through the kind of process we already talked about, raising awareness by using our intuition, seeing what's actually real, basically accepting that and then doing something with it. Um, and the life purpose thing, I would say, is about allowing that process to, to unfold in the way that it needs to. Something that you said in our last conversation that I thought was really interesting, which is relevant to what I just said, is that we get unconscious feedback from life about what our, our life purpose should be. So if we're running around in this ego state or whatever you want to call it, and we're disconnected from a lot of the unconscious drives and you know all of the, the genius things that you said are hidden down there, what kind of feedback will we see in life that is going to give us kind of signs and signals, I suppose, about how to get back on the right path? Yeah, I, I, I've seen this so many times with, with, with clients. And the, the best way I can describe it is, is I, I use the analogy of the feathers, the bricks and the trucks. Feathers, so, yeah. So, so let me explain each each one. The feathers are so you can imagine a feather. It, it has the light touch of a feather, and they're they're the unconscious nudges that we get throughout our life, and everybody gets them. So you could be reading a book, you could be watching a movie, you could be in a conversation with somebody, or you could be driving down the road, and all of a sudden you see something, and something within ourselves resonates it's at a soul level, but it resonates with, and we know it within ourselves. And we kind of just stop and pause for those very split seconds and say, oh, I must do something about that. Or we must, you know, I, I should go a different way. There are universal, there are, are intuitive insights or intuitive nudges that come from the unconscious to guide us, bring us and constantly give us feedback in terms of, for, to help us to fulfill what our life purpose is. Now, when we ignore the feathers, well, then now the bricks have to come along. And the bricks show up in people's lives, and your listeners will be able to, to, to connect with these. The bricks show up in our lives in terms of it, it can be an illness that we can get over. It can be a relationship breakdown, but we can still get over it. It can be a change in our career or a setback in our business, but we can still get over it. It's a financial difficulty that we encounter, but again, we get over. It stops us in our tracks for a, a longer period of time, much more than better, but we can still get over it. And if we don't listen to the bricks, um, well, then the truck comes along 
And the truck, believe me, nobody wants the truck to come along. And I'm typically, when people find me or, or they've connected with me, and I said in my first book, Evolve, I said, I'm the brick. And I absolutely know I'm the brick because of the work that I do. And, and I've seen it play out so many different times because when clients don't listen to me and I put them on the right track and they don't listen, I know the truck is going to come because the truck always shows up from the perspective of it can be a health issue that we can survive from, but it's life altering. So that's where it can be cancer. It can be, you know, something quite significant that it really sets us back from a health perspective. It's the separation or the divorce. It's the, it's the financial bankruptcy or business failure. It's the redundancy. It's, it's all of those. It can, literally, it can be one or not a few of them, or if not all of them together. So that, that's literally where the trucks shows up in our life. Can we overcome them? Yes, we can. But they are definitely life-altering. They leave their mark on life, on ourselves. And if we still don't listen to them, well, then literally they'll just keep coming. Um, and then at that stage, most people won't survive it at that point. So that's how I best describe how our unconscious is constantly mm-hmm. trying to get us mm-hmm. to fulfill what our life purpose is. Yeah, 100%. We just, we just ignore them. We, 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 we don't even listen to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something that I've seen in life as well. And I I wrote about something similar in, in one of my books called Shadow Life. And it's a pattern that I explain because... Ultimately, we are all wholeness machines. We have a drive within us to constantly be moving towards wholeness. And when we block ourselves or we block that drive behind what I called ego earlier, the idea that we're disconnected and that we don't move and we don't evolve and we don't grow, then all that happens is we have all of this underlying unconscious shadow stuff that doesn't go anywhere but that needs to surface in our lives because it's the real version of who we are. And only if that stuff does come to the surface and we can integrate it, can we become whole and then get back on the path that you're talking about of being aligned with our life purpose and doing all the things that we came here to do and so on and so forth. And it's it's 100% true. I've seen it like, and I love the, the three uh, the, the three point system that you just pointed out. So the feathers, the bricks and the trucks, because it's, it's always calling to you the unconscious stuff that you're hiding or trying to disown, it never goes anywhere. Like I just said, it's always, always, always calling and it will nudge you. But yeah, if you don't listen, well, here comes a brick. And then if you don't listen to that, here comes a truck. And I've seen that in my own life many times. It's 100% true. And I think this explains so much about the human condition and about life in general. But if you can understand that this process is something real and it applies to everybody, then it allows us to go back to the the equilibrium that you were talking about as well. Because if you understand this process, then you will listen to the feathers, which will save you uh, pain in the long run. You'll you'll act on them. The bricks, if a brick hits you in the face, well, okay, that sucks. but But you can use that information that the brick came as feedback like like you've called it that you need to change something in your life and the only thing you you can change really is your relationship with yourself and to bring some of these disowned disconnected parts back to the surface and if you get a truck well obviously that sucks even more but ultimately the feathers the bricks and the trucks are all blessings and they're blessings because they allow you to become more whole in yourself and the only reason that those things arise i think and have experienced is because we weren't listening to ourselves in the first place because we were too attached 
to the ego. We needed the ego to be true. So that caused us to not listen ultimately. And because the less you listen, the louder the shouting gets from your shadow self, the, you know, the more stringent and more severe these, mm-hmm. these nudges and this feedback gets. But it's a good thing overall because it means that life is always working in your favor, even if it doesn't seem like it, because it's always about making you more whole and putting you on that path towards your life purpose. And, and that's the perfection of the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The absolute perfection of the universe. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you- and, and it's, it's funny how we go through life and, and we, we try as much as possible to disown parts of ourselves, which is mm-hmm. what you're referring to, mm-hmm. Ollie. And, and, you know, pe- people, a common thing that, that I, I come across for people is that they want to build their confidence. But, you know, and again, I have a big distinction between what's, what's confidence and what's competence. They're two completely different things. And for me, confidence is made up of self-belief, self-worth, um, and, and self-care. It's those three pillars. So when, when you've got your self-belief, your self-worth, and your self-care, and you're working on each one of those, now that's where you're, you're, you're building your confidence. And that's, what, that's the three pillars of confidence. But self-worth, let me just drill down into that one. When we start to disown parts of ourselves, our self-worth decreases. And therefore, our confidence decreases. So where you'll, you'll I, I, I observe, because I actually think it's quite funny when, when you observe these things, where people will disown parts of themselves because they don't, they, they see things in, in, in other people and they, they don't like what they see. But actually, we're all mirrors. And when you understand that universal law of reflection and transparency, now you'll understand that we are all mirrors. And those parts that we dislike in other people are actually within ourselves also. But what we've done is we've disowned that part of ourselves. We're no longer whole because we haven't owned the part. And now what we've done, we've actually decreased our self-worth and hence we've now also decreased our confidence. So there's so many different things and so many different strands. And it's honestly, I, I use this phrase in my community quite regularly. It, it, it appears so complex, mm. but actually in reality, it is so, yeah. so yeah. simple. Yeah, I see it the same way. Like the underlying structure of the human experience is the same for all of us. And yeah. it all comes down to you're either whole or you're fragmented. And that's basically yeah. it. You're either in reality, which is wholeness, or you're in the ego. And everything else is just giving you feedback or information about how you relate to yourself in terms of wholeness or fragmentation. So what you were just saying about, you know, the parts you disowned of yourself will be uh, reflected back at you. That's just projection. It's another way that the unconscious and the drive towards wholeness is speaking to you. And so it's just always there. Like you, you can't escape from it because that is the reality of life. And if you understand that, then actually it just makes it so much easier to go through life because you, does, yeah. you're working with it. You're not working yeah. against it. And it's yeah. it's like you said, it's the perfection of the universe. Everything, even you know the imperfections as we perceive them in this world of duality, everything is working in your favor. And you either go with it, you ride the reality waves, that's how I always say it, or you try and resist. But by resisting, that just puts friction between your life. That friction will turn to frustration and that frustration will turn to misery. And again, that comes back to purpose 
just to bring this full circle, because the only reason you can go down that pathway from friction to frustration to misery is because you become so attached to the ego that you remove yourself from your sense of purpose, from the real version of you that needs to be expressed in life. And because you stop moving with life, because you want to maintain a certain image of yourself to keep all your shadow stuff at bay, then you detach yourself from purpose and you become depressed, basically. Um, so is there something there, um, just to kind of bring this full circle to the, the purpose thing, is there something about how the purpose that we choose for ourselves can align us more? I keep using the word align. I don't know if it's the right word in this context, but anyway, can allow us to bring the shadow parts to the surface um, because I think that's how I see it overall. But what do you think? Yeah. Um, does it to, to, to an extent? To, to an extent, it does, Ali. Um, and again, for me, it's not about choosing our life purpose. It, it is about discovering what it is. It's it's not about choosing it because it's it, it's already chosen um, when we enter this life. But 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 knowing what our true life purpose is is actually the single most powerful way for us to reach our full potential and to achieve the level of success and fulfillment that we want in our life. So it, it's 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 in the pursuit of our purpose that we, for one bad word, it, it's it, it, somebody that's on purpose is very very different to somebody that's not on purpose, and I I I, I just see them as being lost souls. And, and there are millions upon millions upon millions of people in the world that are lost souls. Napoleon Hill wrote in his second book, Outwitting the Devil, that 2% of the people of the population are on purpose. And I absolutely, in, in all the clients that I come across and all the people that I observe and work with and, and can connect with and so on, um, I would absolutely agree with, with, with that particular percentage being an accountant by Packer myself anyway. But as somebody that's on purpose the best way you can describe it is as what we would stereotypically describe it, that person's on a mission. They are absolutely driven to fulfill what their purpose is. Their time is of an essence for them. And there's, you could probably name a handful of people that will be well known in the world that will have that sense of mission within their life. Now, when you're on a mission, you see things not in the way, but on the way towards fulfilling your mission fulfilling your purpose. You don't see them as challenges. You see them as a way of how can you overcome that challenge in order to get to your mission. So it's not that challenges don't become less in your life. Your actually view of them is very, very different. And when you understand all the different universal laws and understand how the universe works and how it is absolutely so perfect, mm -hmm. now you can understand you, you, you approach life and yeah, yeah. the stuff that shows up in our life very, very mm. differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know that those challenges are ultimately just the feathers, bricks, or the trucks, and that really, that is, it's a blessing in disguise every time. And if you understand that, and you see that life and the fulfillment of our purpose is going to inevitably involve these challenges and obstacles that will make us more whole as we overcome them, then you realize that there is nothing to worry about, but that trying to um, change that or trying to resist that reality of obstacles and challenges if you resist that it's just going to cause more problems it's going to take you yeah, out of the flow of life yeah, yeah it's it's pointless so when you understand yeah. that all you can do is move towards fulfilling your purpose as a whole there's one thing um 
that I've been thinking as you've been talking, which is that ultimately a lot of this comes down to trust. So I've found in my life that as I work to become more real in the sense that we're talking about, which is just aligning myself with this process of flowing and growing and ETC, ultimately it comes down to trust of myself and that trust only can be there if I realize that I'm real and that whatever is real in me is real in everything else. And so by trusting myself at that level, I'm trusting life. And that means that I am going in the right direction at all times. And it makes it easier to circumvent and work with these obstacles because I know that ultimately they're there because I'm there at some level. Does that? I don't know if that was a bit too convoluted yeah, no, let, let me add just a little bit onto that mm. it is absolutely trust in your true self yes and your true oneness yeah yeah because if we and that's very different to trust in your conscious thinking to two completely different things yeah but when you're able to trust your your true self and your true oneness well then now i'm just going to add another little bit onto that mm. in terms of letting go mm. because yeah, yeah. when you let go and you absolutely trust yeah and everything is perfect and everything operates and works in perfection. Mm. Well, then now everything becomes so much more effortless, mm. Mm. but it's, it's within that, that literally that, that that's the point of where we want to try and get to. Mm. Mm. One um, final question. Cause I, I, we're running out of time really. I didn't realize how much time we've used up already, but anyway, is when, people in general in in the world these days are trying to figure out their purpose they are ultimately going against this thing that we're talking about which is about reconnecting to what's already there and instead of looking within themselves they're going out into the world and they're choosing things that they think are going to fill the void that's inside them because they're not looking inside themselves in the first place where do you think people can make the biggest difference to choosing? And I know it's not about choosing, but to understanding that their purpose is already there within them. Like how a lot of people maybe are cynical about that, or they just don't believe it or whatever is going on for them. What can people do to start tuning into that without, you know, filling in an icky guy and all these kind of other tools that have become really popular? Yeah. I I suppose I'm, go I'm going to answer that in, in two ways. One is that um, it's not necessarily about trying to tune in. Mm -hmm. um, and what, what do I mean by that? Because there are so many people, and I've been here before my, myself, but there's so many people that will meditate, look for divine inspiration, journal, um, do all the other exercises that I referred to earlier on and so on but they'll never, ever, 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 ever get the answers. Never. However, our unconscious, if I go back to the feathers, the bricks and the trucks, our unconscious is constantly trying to get us to fulfill what our life purpose is. When you know what the specific questions to ask, now you can find the evidence in your life in order to know consciously what your unconscious soul purpose is. And now when you bring that information together, now you know what your life purpose is. So it's not about choosing your life purpose. Now you know and understand what your life purpose is. That That's what I've developed in terms of the methodology that I've developed in, in how I'm working with clients. It's, it's literally 
asking very, very specific questions. And from those specific questions, now you're finding the evidence from your unconscious and you bring that information together then in order to understand, or for one of a word, to be able to read the map of what our life was designed for. And now when you're able to read a map, now you can actually set sail or use my aviation terms, you can set your, your, your GPS in relation to the flight that you want to want to achieve mm, because mm. that's about fulfilling your life purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I think um, we could simplify that by saying it's not about seeking, it's about listening to what's actually there. So I think what happens for a lot of people, they feel unfulfilled, their life isn't what they want it to be because they're caught up in the ego, blah, 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 they're not integrated, whatever. And um, they start seeking. So you're right, they'll start meditating and they'll start doing yoga and they'll start whistling at the moon and looking at crystals and all these different things that people do. But actually, the process of seeking is just making the problem worse. Because if you're seeking, then you're just reinforcing to your subconscious, uh, unconscious mind that you're disconnected and that you don't have the answers. And that all you're doing with all those activities is just making it worse. That's the short version. But actually, if you do what you're talking about, you're not seeking, you're listening. And you're just looking out for the signs from the feathers and the bricks and the trucks that you've already experienced because they're actually telling you what you need to know. And when you get that awareness, that's when you can pivot into the, the real path and uh, choose a real life over an unreal life by going in that direction instead of going against the flow or looking for things that you'll never find because you're looking in the wrong place. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's how to interpret that information from the unconscious, mm-hmm. that th- th- those nudges, mm-hmm. and and once once you have that and you have the clarity, now you can start to pursue it. Now, now you can literally go after it. Mm-hmm. Have you got? Um, I I know I've gone a little bit over the time. Sorry, but have you got any simple examples of that? So it's almost like we're interpreting dreams, but actually we're interpreting our life itself because that is product of the same thing ultimately which is our unconscious relationship with ourselves but is there anything that you've experienced where you know you've seen something in a in a feather or a brick or a truck and you've been able to reverse engineer it by listening to the the shadow language or whatever yeah so so okay so it's a really great question because so let, let, let me um outline one of the questions that I, that I would ask when, when I'm working with clients um so yeah let, let me let me outline it this way so t- t- and everybody will be able to answer this question. So think of um, all the money that you spend and forget about the things that you have to spend your money on, meaning whether it be the mortgage, the rent, the food, you know, what, whatever, all the necessities. Forget about all the necessities in life. And if you were to look at, okay, so how else do you spend your money? What are the things that you spend your money on? But then also go a little bit deeper and say, well, when there's things that show up in your life and you want to either experience them or get them or whatever it be, and you may not have the financial resources to, to buy them, and I'm not talking about credit cards, but you may not have the financial resources to buy them or, or have that experience or to do that training or, or to do whatever it is that you want to do, but you find a way to do what it is that you're wanting to do. You find a way of making the money in order to do it, or you find a way of how to get to do it just because even if you don't have the financial resources. And now when you start to analyze those things and we go a little bit deeper and say, okay, so what's the meaning behind each one of those things? Now we can start, it'll give you an idea of how we can unearth the the nudges of what are from our unconscious because our unconscious 
is literally getting us to fulfill those things. Mm-hmm. I love just it. give you one example of how we can actually unearth the evidence. Mm. That's amazing. I think um, a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but a fair amount of people, I've, I've heard them do things where they'll keep like a, a, a journal of like synchronistic experiences that they have. Probably you could do something similar with the nudges that you get. Because I think those nudges, like you've, you've said, they're just always there. The feathers, you'll, you'll get at least, you know, half a dozen or whatever it is per week. And if you're more aware of them, then you can be more aware of the path you need to go on. Um, so maybe something like that would be a, an interesting exercise to try. Um, Paul, thank you so much for this conversation. Um, I've really found it insightful. Like it's made me challenge my thinking a little bit and to see things from a slightly different point of view. Um, ultimately, I think we, we're on the same page, but it's really interesting like how we've come into things from a slightly different point of view. Um, have you got any final words or anything like that that you'd like to, to share or to sum up this conversation? And can you tell people where they can find you as well um, yeah, if, they, if they want to learn more about you? The, um, look, at, to, to be quite honest with you, Ali, I, I, I'm on a mission. I am absolutely so much on a mission because... You know, there, there, there's so many what I refer to as lost souls out there in the world. And the turmoil that the world is going through right now at the moment and what I know is going to be happening over the next couple of years, because I, I share this information with my clients in relation to insights that I get in relation to what's what's happening from a global perspective. Um, knowing what's going to be happening over the next couple of years, it's going to be really, really tough for people. And part of that work, part of what's actually happening, believe it or not, is actually to help people get on the right path. That's where the bricks of the trucks are now going to be flying left, right, and center, right around the world. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough time for people, but the whole purpose of it is actually to get people on their purpose. Believe it or not, it's it's part of that transition that we're actually all going through from from a global perspective. So I'm literally doing my absolute damnest to to reach as many people as I possibly can. If people want to find out and, and they want to fast track their process for one of a word in terms of discovering what their life purpose is, the simplest way is just go to my website, which is paulwilliamdavis.com. And through that, they'll be able to, you know, go through the course. There's a course that I developed, which is the exact me- the methodology that I use when I work with clients on a one-to-one basis. They'll discover what their life purpose is. And most people will finish that course within two days. And by the time they're finished that course within two days, now they know exactly what their life purpose is and they can now start pursuing what their life purpose is. Um, but so the easiest way, honestly, is is if you go to my website, which is paulwilliamdaves.com. Awesome. Um, I'll share that in the, the show notes as well so people can find it there. Um, but yeah, Paul, thank you so much, honestly, for coming on here and uh, sharing all these ideas with me. I found it really insightful, like I said, but um, I really appreciate your time. So thank you. You're welcome. And I really enjoyed the conversation, Ali. Thank you so much. Thanks again.